Welcome to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that Jesus is needed and relevant for people in Vancouver today. The message of God's love and promise of wholeness was destined to be experienced within a faith community that worships, studies scripture, and prays together. We warmly welcome you to journey with us towards greater connection, purpose, and peace. We'll be sharing our recorded services and conversations with health and wellness experts. Enjoy. Sometimes you have to sing until you start singing. Sometimes you you have to pray until you start praying. With everything going on in the world today, you may not feel like it. But as you start worshipping, you recognize how great he is. You recognize what a friend we have in Jesus. As we start singing, you begin to understand that as you go through trials and temptations, as you see trouble anywhere, you should never be discouraged if only you would take it to the Lord in prayer. Just want to thank our worship team again for leading us to God's throne. As I said, sometimes you have to sing until you start singing. We could be anywhere in the world today singing, but we're here singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. We're singing truth into existence. Amen. Last Sabbath, Pastor Sabina shared with us how God is eager and yearning to be connected with us and how we need to respond to God with an ear of faith. And today we'll continue down the path of prayer as we look at how prayer prepares us. I really love the theme, the path of prayer, because it's, it's a journey, right? Uh, it's not a destination. Prayer is a lifestyle, not a one-act occurrence. And so talking about the path of prayer, you know, what comes to my mind is this well-walked or well-trodden path. Uh, I, I'm not sure for those of us... Uh, that grew up in rural areas where you have to go to the stream to fetch water. You know, sometimes you have to make your way through the forest. Uh, and when you do this over and over again, a walk path gets created. Just like prayer. When you pray and pray, you have a path to God. Friends, this week I read the news of a 30-year-old man named Sam Banam Freed who woke up on Monday with a net worth of about $16 billion. And by yesterday, yesterday I mean Friday, the value of his assets have been reduced to zero in what Bloomberg called one of history's greatest ever destructions of wealth. We're wrestling with so much uncertainty in the world. We have questions like, are we in a recession or is a recession coming? We have questions like, how will this winter season be with the flu and COVID-19? Will the gas prices ever come down or should we all go electric? When will the war in Ukraine, Myanmar, Colombia, 
Mali, Syria, Yemen. I'll stop there. That's not the end of the countries that are in war, but just to mention a few. Or better still, will these wars ever end? Bringing it home, even within our congregation today, questions like, can I find affordable housing in Vancouver to rent or to buy? Will I be able to get a job to enable me to feed and take care of myself and my family? We are in times that tries people's souls. These are the moments that take our marbles as it were, toss them up in the air, and dares them to fall back in place. We are in anxious times, and we well recognize that. We, we know the symptoms, we know the, the signs that these are perilous times, these are anxious times. We are overwhelmed. There's this overwhelming feeling, and we have these unanswered questions. We are familiar with the circumstances we find ourselves today. But what we need to know is, what is God saying in the midst of our anxiousness? What does God give us to calm our nerves as we go through this period of uncertainty and difficulty? Mark 4.39 tells us that in the midst of a storm, Jesus rises and says, Peace, be still. When we read Philippians, which we just read, Philippians chapter 4, from verses 4 to 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all, to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. As we read this passage of the Bible... We are reading the words of a man, Apostle Paul, who knew very well the circumstances of anxiety. Rejoice in the Lord always. Do not be anxious about anything. Was written by Paul when he was on death row. And he legitimately had no idea of what was coming next. You see, Paul was bound by chains, heavy chains. He had fearsome soldiers who were taking shifts and times to ensure that he didn't escape. And within these gruesome circumstances, Paul picks up his pen and writes in the parchment. And as he writes, I can hear the chains clinging. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. And you ask me, what do you mean by rejoice in the Lord when you are bound with heavy chains that make the loudest of noise as you even write those letters of rejoice? What do you mean by be gentle when all I can feel right now is the rage 
that is waiting to explode from within me. May I suggest to you that the only way you and I can get to this place of calmness, to this place of serenity, is by having a confident prayer life with God. What the Bible is telling us is that prayerful people are peaceful people. I'll read it for you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Prayerful people are peaceful people. Prayerful people are not people that go with the wind. People who rest upon God are not people that ride the waves of uncertainties. Because our God is bigger than right now. Right now, we have uncertainty. Right now, there are rumors of recession. Right now, the prices of gas is rocketing so high that we never know if it will ever come down. But our God is bigger than right now. He is the all-knowing God, and what is happening right now does not define our God who knows the beginning and the end. He said, I am the beginning and the end. Right within the verse, God gives us what we need to be prepared for anything. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me try saying it in a different way. You see, peace in the storm is a result of communion with God. The Bible says that they were in a tornado and Jesus was in the lower deck resting. Some translation says he was sleeping. And this is what prayer does for you. It braces you up against external extremities. So that you are not always reacting to what you see going on around you. When you have a lifestyle of prayer, when you have a lifestyle of prayer, your response to things happening is different from how the crowd reacts. When you have been in communication with God before the storm, you have peace within the storm. Has anyone here ever been in a situation where your default reaction is to panic, to yell, to be hysterical? You face situations that you don't have an answer for and you just want to yell. But somehow you feel peace that you have no understanding of. That peace comes from having a consistent prayer life. Friends, we have to handle this current fragility of life with prayer. We're in a time when our safety does not come from our country or our state or our city codes, but from a God who is dependable. Real peace does not come from political or financial or emotional stability, but from God. You can have peace as described by the chained death row apostle in Philippians 4, 4-7, when you practice uncommon dependence on God. I'm talking about uncommon dependence like Hannah 
who was crying out to God that a prophet thought she was drunk. When your response to things in life defies logic, when instead of yelling, you find yourself smiling in the storm of life. Some years ago, a, a pastor, friend, and mentor of mine shared a message, and, and it has stuck to me, I dare say, for life. You know, he spoke about Steve Covey's four quadrants of time management and how our lives as Christians should map to the four quadrants. And, and I'll just give us a quick business school lesson, five minutes. Quadrants one, importance and urgence. This is the quadrants where you cover unforeseen events. You drop all responsibilities and you focus on resolving that issue. This is when a child is sick. This is when there's crisis in the land. That is quadrant one. It is important and urgent. And even though it is super stressful, we find today that a lot of people spend their whole life in this quadrant, allowing life's problems take control. You see, spending too much time in quadrant one would not allow you to grow. I'll skip to quadrant three. The urgent but not important quadrants. And that is where you find less critical tasks. You know, all those little urgent matters that come to you only to take off quality, off your quality work time. It can be that random meeting, that random phone call that you don't really need to take at that time. Basically, interruptions that do not allow you to be productive. Ultimately, you want to spend as little time as possible in this quadrant. It's technically full of counterproductive tasks, and it doesn't contribute much to your work goals and productivity. Now, quadrant four is not urgent. It's not important, which, in my mind, equates to pure waste of time. So as you spend more and more time here, your energy gets sucked in. You can end up in procrastination activities, just checking social media. I do that sometimes. Scrolling randomly online. So it's easy for our brains to spend so much time here because it doesn't require any mental capacity and it just makes you avoid more important tasks during the day. Taking us back to quadrant two, the not urgent, yet important. Here, the tasks are as important as quadrant one, but essentially, they are not urgent. They do not require immediate action. They, they don't mess up with your deadlines and other tasks that you have at hand. In this quadrant, you expectedly have enough freedom to breathe. Take your time to perform your work effectively and productively. As Christians, we may be thinking that our life, our prayer life should be urgent and important. But may I submit to you that if your prayer life is in quadrant one, you have missed it. So if you only pray to God when it is in an emergency, there is a broken relationship. Psalm 50, 14 to 17 explains this very well to us. It says, Sacrifice thanks offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you 
and you will honor me. But to the wicked person, God says, what right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. If you do not have a healthy prayer life, a healthy dependence on God, then you do not have any right to call upon him in the day of trouble. If we do not get into the habit of spending time in quadrant two, when our prayers are not expected to be urgent, then we cannot transcend to quadrant one when there is an emergency. As Christians, before we get into the storm, spending time in prayer, walking the path of prayer with God, prepares us for calmness in the storm. May I even submit to you that without a quality prayer life formed in quadrant two, you would not even remember to yell out to God in quadrant when the, when, when the events of quadrant one comes your way. It is the preparation in quadrant two that makes you calm down when the events in quadrant one come your way. Now you may ask, how do I get into this lifestyle of prayer? How with these attendant distractions, I call them attractive distractions that we have in the world today, how can I get into an attitude of total dependence on God? It's right there in the verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. And it says, I'll say it again. Rejoice. When the chains of life come, rejoice. When the gods of the enemy is around, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. For those of us who have been to or have seen the guards are now the king, the king of England, not the queen. At the king's palace, take some getting used to. Um, we see the guards who are there come rain or sunshine. They are there to guard the queen and all that is within the four walls of the Buckingham Palace. And when I read Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7, and it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the peace that guards your hearts where you do not have to do anything. God does everything for you. The peace that comes from a consistent and dependable prayer lifestyle. Friends, we live in tough times, global, personal, local, but God is calling us into a relationship such that before the storm comes, we are enamored, we are 
built up. We have spent time in prayer to the point where we can rest and be calm because God is with us. And it is that calmness that gives us the assurance to say brighter days are coming. While we walk through these times that we do not have answers to, we can say brighter days are coming. I know there's going to be some brighter days. I swear the love will find you in your pain. I feel it in me like the beating of life in my veins. I know there's going to be some brighter days. I know there's going to be some brighter days. It is the grace of God that comes from a lifestyle of prayer, of total uncommon dependence on God that builds us to a state where we can say brighter days are coming. Even when we look around us and it all seems gloomy and doomed. And so friends, I just want to submit to us again, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for being God all by yourself. Thank you for your outstretched hands that is constantly calling us back to you. Thank you because we bring nothing to the table and you invite us to take it all. Indeed, what a friend we have in Jesus. So Lord, we ask that you be with us this morning. Be with us as we ruminate on your word. Help us to develop this uncommon dependence on you. Help us to cast our eyes upon Jesus. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend like no other. Thank you. Because you're still God. Saying peace be still in our storms. Amen. Thank you for listening to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Learn more at oacvancouver.ca. If you're in Vancouver, join us for worship Saturdays at 11 a.m. at 5350 Bailey Street. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. God bless you and have a wonderful day.